Welcome back to Checked Out, U92's premier hockey podcast, episode two. Got a full slate for you guys tonight. Going to be discussing recaps of this week's and last week's games. We're also going to have part two of the mascot challenge where Anissa is going to attempt to beat me. Keyword attempt. We're staying positive though, right? Yes, we absolutely are. I might have to brush up on my mascots though. Sounds good. We're also going to give our picks for cup contenders, dark horse teams, and bus teams of the year. So stay tuned for that. Anissa, how are we feeling tonight? Feeling really good. You know, I have to stay up late for that Devils-Avs game, you know, and then the Pens are playing the Ducks. So got a full slate tonight when I go home. Sounds like fun. Lot to talk about this week. Let's get into it. First game we're going to recap, the Avs and the Golden Knights have the two defending Stanley Cup champions from the last two seasons, and what a game this was. Touchdown Vegas. <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot that can be said about this Vegas team right now, but what really is hitting me is the fact that the Avalanche have been so dominant at times, and then in other games, they just completely fall apart and they unravel. In their last four games, they've been shut out three times. That doesn't happen to teams who have everything put together, and the Avalanche just have been proven, proving to everybody that maybe they have it sometimes, and then other times it's just not there for them. They have. The Avs have been shut out by the Sabres, the Pens, and they got shut out by the Ducks. So that's three three of the last five or six. I think they might have been shut out another time, too, beside this game. Or there was they had a game where they scored a garbage goal late. I think there was one more, but in between this, like they won against the Blues. That was their only win in the last four games. That's what I thought. Yeah. Other than that, they've been shut out. And it's been funny. So I was looking at everything. And their goaler, their goalie, Alexander Gorgiev. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I Georgiev. tried. Georgiev. It's I looked hard. on YouTube for his name pronunciation. Um, every time they've been shut out, he's been in the net for them. And he's handed, not him personally, but he's had a hand in the abs having their only three losses of the year so far. He has given them six wins, though. So we can give him that credit. But he's given them three losses. He's been just letting so many goals in. I also looked, and last time he gave up seven goals was back in 2019 when he was still with the Rangers against the Blue Jackets, where the Blue Jackets won 7-5. I remember that game. And going back to this Colorado-Vegas game, one of their issues the Avalanche had, they allowed two shorthanded goals to Mark Stone. Mark Stone continues to just decimate the avalanche. I feel like every year now, always calling his name in the box score whenever these two teams meet. He got the scoring started at the 1650 mark of the first period with Braden McNabb and Chandler Stevenson getting the assist on that goal. And Chandler Stevenson and Issa, can we agree the Caps should have kept him? Yeah, big loss for the Caps, especially after they how they've been trending the last few years. Really immense loss for them. That was a great pickup for the Knights. They got him pretty cheap, too, and he's done wonders for them. Maybe not your 40-goal scorer, not your Rocket Richard winner for the team, but he's a great setup, man. He's a lot of assists. He's coming off a career high in points last year. Well, not every player on the team has to be exactly. a constant goal scorer or a playmaker. Sometimes you just need those guys to set it up in order to get your goal, ma- your, um, goal scorers like Mark Stone, like Jack Eichel, getting them into those positions 
to get those goals. So not everybody needs to be a, you know, 50-plus goal scorer. Yep, Jack Eichel made it 2-0 in favor of Vegas at the 9.35 mark in the second period. Jack Eichel has been a totally different guy with the Golden Knights. Now, I'm, that's not to take away. He definitely had his great moments in Buffalo. He had a number of overtime winners for the Sabres. It's just he seems like a new man in a new city, and I feel like he's just really benefited from that trade. I do feel like sometimes you need a new environment. You need a fresh environment, different teammates, you know, different coach. You just need a change of scenery for something to kick in and for you to really get, you know, going. Yep, Jonathan Marshall, Jonathan Marshall and Alex Petrangelo pick up the assist, and for Marshall, another great pickup for the Golden Knights. They get him from the Panthers in the expansion draft. The Panthers couldn't protect him. Once again, absolute steal. Well, I think they kind of got it back when they got Kachuk from the Flames. So not necessarily an even trade, but they kind of, I guess, helped themselves a little bit. Yep. William Carrier would make it 3-0 in favor for the Golden Knights a few minutes later. Mark Stone picks up another assist, and Stevenson would get the second helper on that goal as well. Eichel makes it 4-0 less than a minute later. Once again, Mark Stone with an assist and Shea Theodore. He's been a great addition for the Golden Knights on the back end. He's one of the few original Golden Knights from the first inaugural season for the Golden Knights, and he's been great there. Not a 50-goal scorer by any means. Probably not Eric Carlson career year, but he's always been solid both in the offensive and defensive categories on the blue line there. Mark Stone gets his second goal of the game. Once again, shorthanded three minutes into the third period to make it 5-0. And then William Carlson scores two goals himself to round out the scoring for a 7-0 win for the Golden Knights. Next game we're going to talk about Oilers and Canucks and Anissa 3-0 for the Canucks. This was. Did you watch the entire game? I only watched the first period because it was it was a late game. It, it felt kind of like Pac-12 after dark. But here's the thing. I love my NHL after dark. I know. Dark. NHL after dark is actually interesting, and they don't fight over media rights, so it's a lot better. So I watched the entire game. I was expecting it to be a little drama-filled, especially with the first two meetings that the Oilers and the Canucks had, especially when the Canucks kind of you know blew it open in that first meeting where they, when did they win, 8-1? 8-1. I believe it was 8-1. And then the next one was a little bit closer. 4-3. The Canucks still eked out the win. This one, it's... I don't know how to describe it. I'm not involved in oil country, as everybody typically is on my Twitter right now. That's what the fans are. They're oil country. That's what it is. Um, but it seemed like everybody thought after the Oilers won the Heritage Classic against the Flames, the Flames, who, you know... Not by any means the standard of hockey right now. They thought that after the Oilers won against the Flames that this would be a bounce-back season. They would go back to being cup contenders. And I understand, you know, it's still early November, and you really don't start panicking until about mid-December. Is that your kind of panic point for any of your teams? Um. Or a little bit earlier? I, I would I would say probably for NHL you could say early January just because like I said it's a long 82 game season you do get a 
four or five days off for the Christmas break. And it tends to um, be a lot more divisional matchups the second half of the year. So following the winter classic. So I think that's when you could kind of hit the power or the not power, the panic button, excuse me, because when you started to play your rivals who you're going to play four times or three times, as opposed to a two time, you know, home and away opposing conference team then you really figure out how good you are and also some of these other teams like the red wings and the rangers and maybe the ducks kind of the one hit wonder teams they start off really flaming hot they come back down to earth and suddenly they're just like one of the other 31 teams in the league yeah so anyways a lot of people were like okay oilers are gonna bounce back it's gonna be good you know you, you got Connor McDavid back. I don't believe that Connor McDavid was fully healed when he came back for the Heritage Classic. He was not playing 100%. He was kind of like 75%, maybe a little bit less at that point. Um, I saw a stat. He's had no goals in the last six games that they've played. So, you know, Oilers fans feeling good, just won the Heritage Classic. And then you get the reality of the season kicking in. They dropped a game to the Stars, 4-3. Drop to the Preds, 5-2, and then the Canucks. And that game last night, it seemed like the Oilers had a really good first period. They had together, they scored two, and then it just kind of unraveled on them. The Canucks just started loading up on them. Did you like? Did you see anything of that, or you just kind of? I the saw highlights? the first period, and I saw Matthias Ekholm. He got the scoring started for the Oilers. Sam Gagne picked up an assist. Sam Gagne, he's back. He hasn't played an NHL game since 2020. Take a while, guessing these to the last NHL franchise he played for. What is his? Who is it? Sam Gagne. Oh, I saw this signing. Mm. Here, let me or give like you. Re-signing. Let me give you a hint. You have a 50-50 shot. It's one of these two teams in the game. I'm going to guess he was an oiler. He was. This is his <laughs> third stint. You got that right. His third stint in oil country. His first game back was that game the other night against the Dallas Stars for not playing an NHL game in three years. He scores two goals in his return. I did see that. I knew he was on Hattie Watch. I saw a lot of my friends tweeting out about that. I saw he was on Hattie Watch. Very impressive. Maybe that's what they need because right now their current core is just not doing it for them. But I would like to say, you know, we normally don't see Connor McDavid get super, I guess, emotional. He was very emotional. He last is very time. robotic. So I broke it down because this was a very large sequence of events that led to all this. Connor McDavid, last 15 minutes of the game, he hit JT Miller from the Canucks into the boards. Then Miller went and hit him. McDavid kind of went back to go onto JT Miller, realized that JT Miller has a lot of pent-up aggression and frustration, and he will definitely get punched. So he kind of backed down. Canucks, D. Giuseppe came to the defense of JT Miller. Zach Hyman came to McDavid's defense. Hyman got dropped JT Miller dropped him. I love JT. JT, sorry to interrupt you, Anissa, but nope. I love JT Miller. He's a great player. I still can't believe the Rangers got rid of him. It, hey, it's their loss. I will gush about JT Miller, especially when he drops Zach Hyman. So both of them, Hyman and Miller, received two-minute minors for roughing. McDavid got off scot-free, even though he was the one who kind of started all of this. Whatever. During the four-on-four it was a breakaway from the Canucks Pedersen alongside Suter. Suter had McDavid fall on top of him. 
It all broke loose. Both teams were fighting. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Ekholm, and Bouchard all fight with the Canucks. Various Canucks. I didn't get names. I was just like, wow, this is crazy right now. McDavid grabs Quinn Hughes and kind of holds him as Hughes keeps tries to keep McDavid from fighting. And then Dreisaitl and Super, Suter were paired off fighting on the other side of the ice. McDavid kind of like hits Quinn Hughes in the face, goes back into the scrum. Hughes is trying to pull him back out. It was just a whole big thing. At the end of it, McDavid, Hyman, and Dreisaitl all went to the box. All of them got two-minute minors except Dreisaitl, who got a 10-minute misconduct. So he sat in the box. And then, just top it all off, the Oilers coach, Jay, Jay Woodcroft, Woodcroft. He got booted, too. He got a two-minute bench minor, and then he was tossed from the game with about seven minutes to go in the third. So the Oilers just unraveled. You see McDavid fighting with the referee. He's yelling. He's screaming. He does not look like the McDavid that everybody kind of knows. And I think he's kind of hit a breaking point with the Oilers right now. And it's kind of like, you know, yelling at yourself in the mirror. Well, he's also a part of the problem. Why are you getting mad at your teammates when you are also directly the problem right now? Yeah, it, it's it can be tough being a superstar on a very underperforming team. I know this is a hockey podcast, but I just want to talk a little college football just for a little bit. I, I see a lot of parallels. It's scary between Connor McDavid and Caleb Williams. They're in very similar situations right now. And I know Williams, you know, generational talent just like McDavid. I would argue against that McDavid's being his talents being wasted on the Oilers. He has gotten them to a Western Conference final game in the last two years where Williams, he has gotten the Trojans a number of wins. However, both players this weekend have expressed major emotional discrepancies, shall I say. There is the video of Williams upset, having to be comforted by his mom in the like- stands. And I, I, I just don't get, a lot of people were ripping him online for being soft. And people online I saw this morning ripping McDavid for being soft, because obviously they're both the respective captains and leaders of the teams. And I, I think one thing people don't realize is that when you're the star, when you're the, star of the team, it can be really hard to kind of take the spotlight off of you and shine it on other teammates. So when the entire team does bad, you get this feeling that, since you're kind of the entire team. And I'm not saying that like both these guys are narcissists and they're all about themselves, but just the idea that because they have so much pressure on themselves and they like it, they both succeed in high pressure situations. I know at least McDavid, he lo- he loves those hockey night in Canada, prime time games on sports that he'll give you a hat trick. He'll give you a nice dangle around everyone on the ice for sports center, top 10 plays of the week for their next day but I think both of these guys they have to realize that you know they're not the only ones on the team they got some other weapons on their team too like Dreisaitl Dreisaitl he's a great player and I I think you could argue Anissa if Leon Dreisaitl was on the Oilers and there was no McDavid Leon Dreisaitl would be still be a force I think we all can agree agree that and Williams he he has a good amount of receivers on that USC team well I mean I saw that Caleb Williams video and it actually kind of broke my heart because I don't know it's I think it's different when I guess grown men and I say grown men in quotations because he's still in college yeah um I think it's different when people see grown men expressing their emotions whether that's them crying or them getting upset as opposed to 
if, you know, younger people did it or like professionals did it. I mean, Caleb Williams, he was getting comforted by his mom. Like he lost a game, which I didn't really keep up with that. Were they projected to win that game or were they losing it? I know that USC got rid of their um, one of their I think it was their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah. Throw Alex, me a bone here. Alex Gink. Grinch. 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 Whatever his name is. I guess he, he stole Christmas from UN, or USC. He stole that New Year's Six Bowl from you guys. I'm sorry. At least they were able to fire him. USC defense just been atrocious. And we'll get back to hockey because I know everyone's here to listen to some good old stick and puck. But USC defense looking like the San Jose Sharks defense. I said this to Anissa before we came on. The San Jose Sharks, man. I've seen... Multiple expire coupons save more than the Sharks goaltenders in the last few games. Well, I've never sorry, I've never seen an NHL team give up 20 goals in two games, <laughs> averaging 10 goals against a game. Go ahead, go ahead. So before we get to the Sharks, because this is a really hot topic of conversation, I just want to say that earlier today, the Oilers placed their one goaltender, Jack Campbell on waivers in hopes that he clears them and goes down to the AHL to gain more consistency. This is what they said. Gain more consistency and be able to play through the problems that have been happening. Although Skinner, Stewart Stewart Skinner, Skinner. is the one that got absolutely blasted during the Canucks game last night. He's bad. I'm shocked that he's still on the team. I think it's also sad that Campbell, the um, Oilers gave him a five-year, $25 million contract in July of 2022. Hmm. Sounds really familiar for another goalie who struggles immensely in the net that I was just handed that exact same contract this past year, (laughs) Tristan Jari. Oh, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, But last year, you know, since he signed that contract, Campbell has posted a 22-13-4 record, one shutout. Um, He's allowed (laughs) 3.53 goals per game with an 88-6 save percentage. Ouch. Would you would ugh, talk about holy overpay? Would you pay that amount for a goaltender when you're the Oilers, you have money, you have the space to be able to grab somebody who is probably a little bit better for a cheaper amount for lesser time that you can kind of build up? And he said, I just don't get the Oilers. They had five first round picks. They had Nail Yell, Nail, Nail Yakupov. Unfortunately, he didn't pan out. Jordan Eberly, who's been hasn't been in, playing like a number one overall pick, but he's still in the league at least. Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I forget the fifth, but they had a fifth first, not just first round, first overall pick from all those years of tanking, and they still couldn't have a winning record. Taylor Hall, the second he left the Oilers to go to the Devils. He scores 39 goals. He won the Hart Trophy, I believe, that year. New Jersey Magic, baby. It's just that Newark Magic. That Newark Magic? Newark Magic. Newark Magic. (laughs) You say Newark. I say it the correct Jersey way, Newark. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're not from there, so it's fine. I'm from another city that has a struggling team, and that team is the Flyers. We were talking on the last episode. I said it was a great day, the day that Chuck Fletcher got relieved of his duties. Daniel Briere came in as the new GM, and I love watching Briere play when I was younger. He was great. He scored some clutch goals against the Devils in the playoffs. I'm sorry. It's okay. 
It's all right. You guys got the better end of the series. David Clarkson, he got us back. Anyway, he was a great player, and I think he's a solid GM. He's made some good trades. Unfortunately, you can't revamp a rebuild for an NHL franchise in six months. It just doesn't happen. And the Flyers got off to a great start. They showed a lot of their promise, and I believe it was to the dismay of the front office because they can't tank for a top three overall pick. They've kind of come down to earth. They took on the Kings this Saturday in a 7.30 primetime night game against the Kings and Flyers on a one-game winning streak after they take go one-and-one one against the Sabres in a home-and-home. And, and, home. and, and he said they just come out completely flat. The Kings come away with a 5 nothing victory. I feel like every time the Kings come to Philadelphia, the Kings always win by multiple goals. Ironically, every time the Flyers go to L.A., they always win by multiple goals. I only know that because they're two of my favorite teams. Quick recap of the stats from Saturday night's game. And we'll just cut to the chase. It was all L.A. Philadelphia doesn't even get on the score sheet. Adrian Kempe, he's had a little bit of a quiet year, although he's got a hell of a snapshot. Have you seen his release, Anissa? I haven't. Adrian, you should look him up. Adrian Kempe, he, he's a lot like Leon Dreisaitl. He'll just let it fly. Picks the smallest part, top corner of the net. He makes every time. He's got, like, lightning fast release, laser point aim. He's really fun to watch. Quinton Byfield and Vladislav Gavrikov pick up the assists. Vladislav Gavrikov, probably Tanner Lambert's runner-up favorite player after Jeff Carter because guess what? The Blue Jackets, they couldn't keep him because, you know, he was just mediocre. But he goes to the Kings, and he's actually pretty good. Seems like a common theme there. Anze Kopitar would make it 2-0 for the Kings 18 seconds later. And Anze Kopitar, he's great. The Kings are definitely going to have to retire his number. He's been the face of their franchise for years. He gets his sixth of the season. Byfield gets another assist on the goal. Second period, all Kings again. Arthur Kaliev, he gets his third of the season on the power play. Quentin Byfield, he gets his third assist game. Quentin Byfield was the second overall pick in the 2020 draft. Battled injuries his rookie year. He also had to deal with that kind of funky 2021 season in which it was abbreviated season that started in January because of the pandemic in which most of the arenas didn't have fans. And he didn't put up very good numbers, and he struggled in the early part of last year too, and a lot of people were already writing him off. They're saying... He's a bust for a number two overall pick. Trade Quentin Byfield. He's a great player for the Biners. And he's starting to prove people wrong. First three assist game for Byfield. He's got a lot more points early on in this part of this season than he did all of last year. Thoughts on are you familiar with Quentin? I don't most people don't know him because he's a he's um He's kind of like a sneaky, you know, like second pick. I feel like the second pick is a draft is the first guy you'll forget about. Let's take 2015 into account. McDavid, he goes first overall. Everyone knows McDavid. Do you remember who the second pick is? I'll give you a hint. We kind of just talked about him a little while ago. What team? Vegas. No. Nope, I'm blanking right now. Eichel, Jack Eichel. Okay. Okay. I'm familiar with the um, McDavid... Uh, Strom and Marner trio that went that year. That's what I'm yep, familiar with. Marner, I, believe, I remember I seeing say, Jack Eichel in the photos, but I believe Marner. I want to say Marner was fourth. He might have been fifth. 
And it's not to take away from Marner. I think he's a good player, too. The difference is, unfortunately, Eichel and Marner. He, Marner went fourth. I was right. Draft. He was fourth? Yes. And who was third? Was it Strom? That sounds about right. I'm going to say yes. I will look it up. Dylan Strom. D- cool. Dylan Strom. Not I know, now I know. Dylan Strom plays for the Capitals. <laughs> Won't make that mistake again. Dylan Strom does indeed play for the Capitals right now. And he's actually doing a pretty decent job, even though I just dropped him. Oh, Dylan Strom did go third. He went to the Coyotes. Yep. I knew it. He went, Coy- he went Coyotes, Blackhawks, Caps. Yep. There you go. Makes sense. You got your Dylan Strom history right in order. Nice. Actually, he went Coyotes, then he went back down to the minors for a little bit. Captain there. Then he went to the Blackhawks, and then he finally ended up in Washington, D.C. Close enough. And the way the Capitals are playing this year, he, he probably should have stayed in the minors where he could have won a Calder Cup because the Capitals aren't going to be winning anything anytime soon. Just a quick recap of the rest of the scoring in this game. The Kings would score two more times. Trevor Moore gets his sixth of the year. Arthur Kalia puts up another point. He gets the assist. And then Blake Lazat finished the scoring in the third period to make it 5 nothing Kings. The Kings... They're starting to get it on. They had a slow start to the season, started out 1-4. and four. Ironically, all their losses coming at home early on, which is not what you would think of a very talented team. But the Kings, 7-2-2 two and two overall in that kind of tight top Pacific division race. Anissa, do you think the Kings are for real? I don't, we have, like we said before, I think mid-December or mid-January is when you had your cutoff. Was that when it was yeah we could say we could say mid-january okay mid-january i think that's when we can actually decide okay who is actually going to make the playoffs who are series contenders and who was just a fraud in the beginning of the season um i don't want to say that the kings are trending towards fraud right now because they have been looking really good but you need to give them about a few more games maybe a few more months to see if they actually will be doing something good and worthwhile for the rest of the year Okay, it's not a believer in the Kings. It's not that I'm not a believer. It's just I need more information on them. I need to look at them more. I don't watch their games. So I really can't tell you if I think that they're going to go all the way and win the Stanley Cup this year. But let's move on to one team that I know you're a believer in, and that's the team that rocks the red and the black. They play at the rock. Uh, One thing they won't be playing with or one player they won't have for the next few weeks, unfortunately, will be Jack Hughes. So they'll have to overcome that. Does Nico Hishier not mean anything to you? I love Nico Hishier. He's not playing either. I, I, I'm so, I'm still sour over that draft in which you guys had the first overall. We had the and you took overall. Nolan Patrick, who was a bust. I knew he was a bust before he even played a shift in the NHL. But here's the thing. So this is what I've been looking at. So Nico has been getting injured a lot recently. However, he still plays. Nolan Patrick got injured and then it was just like the end like i know he got like diagnosed with a migraine condition yeah and obviously you can't really overcome that he tried going to vegas vegas i think he played a few games got hit again and then it just put him back at square one with his migraine disorder so i don't know i feel like i don't know if it would make a difference right now like with nico being out so many times I mean, what's what's the gain right now? I know that the Devils have been doing really good having Nico with them. You know, it's a positive environment. He's a good captain. But how good of a captain can you be if you're not there because you're injured a lot of time, a lot of the time? 
One thing the Devils do have going for them, I want to say, is this year they have a lot of other secondary scorers. Jesper Bratt, I feel like no nobody respects him. He's really good. He, he, get, he gets kind of, you know, he's kind of like a footnote at the bottom of the score sheet and afterthought there, there in Newark. Newark, right? Did I say it good? Newark. Newark. Because, Newark. you know, you got Heeshier, you got Jack Hughes, you got Tyler Toffoli. You, you love that trade. Uh, the trades in which the Calgary Flames, a poverty franchise, I have to unfortunately admit it now, get completely gypped, ripped off. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Matthew Kachok, Johnny Goudreau. Although Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey really hasn't been Johnny Hockey. He has in Columbus, not been Johnny so Hockey. Serves him well for leaving us. Tyler Toffoli, though, for Igor Sharangovich, and you guys are you guys are just kind of waving those Benjamins in front of everyone's eyes right now, right, with I that will, trade? I will sh- tell you right now. So leading the Devils in points is Jack Hughes. He is going to be out for the foreseeable future. He's not even day-to-day. He's week-to-week. That's bad. He took a really bad hit. In, actually, it wasn't even a hit. He took a really bad crash into the boards he against lost, the Blues. He lost an edge, I saw. Like, he... He didn't even get, like, hit into it. He just crashed into the boards. He lost his footing when he went to go turn away from the goal um, from the net. He lost his footing, and he fell straight into the boards. Just really awkward position. He, you know, got helped off the ice. And then he played a shift afterwards before he went to the locker room. So I don't know what that says about Jack Hughes. I don't know if he's an idiot for doing that. But... You know, it, you you can tell that he cares about his team and that he didn't want his absence to disrupt them because the Devils ended up losing on Friday night. They lost 4-1. to one. Their only goal came late from Curtis Lazar. That was his first goal of the season. And that's the only difference between the Devils getting shut out by the Blues that night. Um, you can obviously tell that the Devils were really disheartened by the loss of Jack Hughes on the ice that night. And it could have the goal. The game could have been within range, but Lindy Ruff ended up pulling Akira Schmidt in the last two minutes. The Blues scored two empty netters, so it would have been a two-one loss turned into a four-one loss. So, kind of sad. Um, I know that Lindy Ruff gave an update about Nico Hishier, who is also out right now and missing from the Devils saying that he might be back when he feels like he's ready. So I think that the Devils understand the value of their players and they don't want to rush them to come back from injury, especially if they have another chance of making a deep playoff run like they did last year. So Jack Hughes, please come back soon. We miss you. Um, I'm going to see the Devils play the Pens next week when they're in Pittsburgh. So I would really like to see at least one of them. <laughs> what, what night of the week is that? It's a Thursday, and it's actually, so it's Hockey Fights Cancer Night for the Penguins. And then they're also giving away a Penguins Trapper hat to the first 10,000 guests. So you know what a Trapper hat is? It's like that wool, like fur hat. You're making a face right now. No, I, I like Trapper I, hats. I'm not. If I get it. I'm bringing it, and I'm probably putting it on display in the radio station somewhere. I have a really good question for you. Since you like both teams, which uniform are you going to wear? And don't tell me you're going to do the whole Donna Kelsey thing in which you wear half and half because you know for hockey that that doesn't fly. No. um, I actually had a discussion today with my cousin's husband because he's also a big 
hockey fan. He's a Lightning fan, so I really can't relate to him that much. Dude, be honest with me. Did, did, did he like the Lightning before they won? Yes. They've lived in Tampa for a very long time. Okay, respect. Because um, I know there, there were a lot of those uh, bandwagoners, you know, when the when the Lightning trying to go for the three-peat, obviously that didn't happen. No, they've and been— And when they were winning back-to-back and— my There's aunt has um, she has a lightning jersey from back when they had the you know how they do like the retro jersey now for the lightning yeah with the original with the, design the gray she and has, the blue she has an original of those jerseys so they've been there for a long time but I said I don't know who I'm gonna root for I said this is like kind of painful for me and I said well I am a jersey girl I said so I have to pick the Devils so what I'm going to wear this is my outfit I don't have a Devils jersey. I don't even have a devil's shirt. I have a devil's hat. So I'm wearing, I have a Soprano shirt. So I'm going to wear that because that's the pinnacle of New Jersey. And then I'm going to wear my devil's hat. And we'll see how it goes. So if the devils end up losing to the Penguins by some um, unfortunate or fortunate, however you look at it, way, then I will still walk out of there being fine because I'm like, well, there's always next time. Are you doing, like, student rush tickets for the game? No. So um, Jonathan Hamilton and I bought tickets to a job fair that the Penguins are hosting on Wednesday. So with that ticket is a ticket for the game the next night. That's how they get you. So that's what we did. I bought We bought those, and I'm actually excited. I could never attend a Penguins job fair. I don't think anyone back home would forgive me for working for the Penguins in Philadelphia. That's complete. No, no, but that's a, that's a good deal. It was a really good deal, and I said otherwise I would have done a student rush ticket because last time I did student rush, I did the game against the Senators. and a good time. I went to Pittsburgh up by myself. Those seats look great, by the way. $63, and I was sitting, I think, in section, I think, 119. Wait, with all fees? Those are 60 Yep. $63 for those. All right. Penguins, if you're listening, you have to lose more games so less people want to do the student rush so that I can get those good seats. I'm sorry. You're, I'll root for your Devils. You know, if the Devils win on Thursday night, that means that the student rush tickets are going to go down by $0.58 cents every time. Really? No, I was just saying oh, that. I was gonna I'm say. just salty because my friends and I, we were supposed to go see the Kraken Penguins last year. That was the only, if you can believe this, literally the only game... Penguins, Penguins, Flyers, Penguins, Rangers, Penguins, Caps. They didn't sell out for Student Rush. The only Penguins game that sold out for Student Rush last year, Penguins, Krakens for Military Appreciation Night. I didn't get to go. I did get to see Penguins, Bruins on April 1st. That was a great game. Unfortunately, it was not a good ending for you guys because Pasta scored with two and a half minutes left. But still. Well, to be fair, the tickets for the Senators game didn't sell out immediately. So, oh, the student, student rush, yeah. So I think it just depends on the team that's playing that night. But you know, I enjoyed myself. You know, I paid twenty dollars for my beer in the souvenir cup because I am over twenty-one, so I got to enjoy a nice little brewski <laughs> while I sat and watched Brady Kachuk a score on the Penguins multiple times. But student rush. Very good. Nice deal. I wish more teams did it. I think it's a really great initiative that the Penguins do. Yeah. And um, it's time for your your favorite game, Anissa. Oh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to do Mascot Challenge Battle before we go back to talking about the the <laughs> I can't even say it. The poverty team of the NHL. Your San Jose Sharks. <laughs> oh, we got a lot to say, so... 
why don't you start it off with the mascot challenge? Yeah, sorry. I, I had a pause lose. there for a couple seconds because... Dramatic pause. I like it. Dramatic pause. When I, the second you said San Jose Sharks, I was thinking to myself, which sharks? Like like the San Jose Junior Sharks from like Junior Hockey League? Because right, right now, I don't even know if an empty net could stop a puck at the SAP Center up there in San Jose. I, I'm really terrified for... Dave Quinn and the general manager out there in California and the rest of the guys on the team, they have some decent guys on the team. They have Zetterlin. He's pretty Fabian Zetterlin. He's pretty fun to watch. They have a couple other guys, Mark Edward Vlasic. He stands the end of time. He's literally brick wall. I believe he's, he's close. He might be the Ironman leader or he's top five for Ironman games play without injury. He never gets hurt. He's a tank. He's still there. And the Sharks also have a couple other up-and-coming prospects, but they just they just couldn't get it together. And I know people were saying, you know, that once Carlson left that it was all doom and gloom, and I was like, okay, but I, I believe y'all that said that now. I think that Carlson was the glue that was holding that hay house together. That The Sharks are made of hay right now, and it's being held together by a Elmer's glue stick. And maybe oh. some scotch tape. An Elmer's glue stick that's been open and dried out for a very long time right now. And duct tape, because you know duct tape fixes everything except for winless records. Maybe it'll give the Sharks some incentives to beat the Flyers, another struggling team we just talked about tonight. Although, I have to tell you, Anissa, I think I might have to take the over. And by over, I mean over eight goals allowed. If the Flyers lost to the San Jose Sharks, do you think that John Tortorelli's job would be on the line? I think John, if the, the Flyers were losing to the Sharks, I think John Tortorella would literally run off the bench in his suit and his fancy dress shoes and literally try to score a goal. And he probably would score from center ice. I'm, it, it's amazing. Some, some, a lot of these goals that the Sharks are giving up, they're not fluky goals. They're just, they're easy goals. Like they're just being skated around. Jake Gensel, he literally owned the faceoff dot. He casually skated down. The left side of the rink last night, when the, or not last night, a couple nights ago, when the, when the Pens... Saturday. Charged, Saturday night. And nobody cared. Everyone was just, I guess, sunbathing because it's California, even though they forgot they were on, on an ice-cold hockey rink. And he just casually passes it across to Malkin and Rust, and everyone scores. And at, at, after they scored five or six goals, you know, the Penguins, they didn't really care when they scored. They stopped celebrating. Especially toward the end when they had like eight and nine goals, they didn't even high five the bench. And it was like when the Sharks scored that second goal to make it eight two or nine two. I watched. I watched the end of the game because I was. I had a hard time sleeping Saturday night. I jumped up. I. I thought that they had won the Stanley Cup because they. They had scored a goal. You would think that their fans in the arena also thought that they won a Stanley Cup too, because, man, those Sharks faithful. They are indeed faithful because they were there. They sold out the arena. There was that really viral photo of that kid from the Sharks-Canucks game holding up a sign. It says, it's my, my first, first Sharks, Sharks game. game. And it's also my birthday. And I said, well, you have awful memories right now. <laughs> like, you are a meme now. <laughs> All right. You are a meme now. All right. Let's cut to the mascot challenge. Okay. Um, I'll give you your—we can alternate. Uh, I'll go first. I'll give you yours first. Give me a league. Is ECHL good, or you want to do AHL? Mm, let's go AHL. Okay, I I thought you would say that because I, I I really want to make this competitive. I really do. Just saying. And we've predetermined ahead of time that I will be asking Alex about the OHL. 
which the he OHL, said, and he she said, said that he is pretty confident in this because yeah. there have been no expansion. Exactly. She said she also might sub in a couple WHL teams or QMJHL teams. Maybe she won't tell me. We'll see. Here's your first one for um, the AHL. I'll go something that's probably they've been around a while, so you'll probably get this. The Wolves. I'll, I give you the right. You want me? I give you. I give you the team, and you give me the city, right? Yes. Hmm. Can we give? Can you give affiliates like their? Oh team? boy, because these guys they change every year. I want to say that they're. Um, I think they're now the the Blackhawks. No, they're not the Blackhawks because the Blackhawks have a different team. Saint, they're they're the Blues, St. Louis. I'll give you a hint. I get, I actually give you a really big hint when I said that last NHL team. Mm. So are they from Chicago? Are they Chicago yeah. Wolves? Okay. There you go. Let's go. One undefeated. One undefeated this week. Let's go. Um, all right. If you want, you can um you can give me the city. I give you the team, or you give me the the team. I give you the city. I all don't right. Care. Since you're really confident in your abilities with the OHL, I'm gonna give you the team name, and you have to give me the city. Here we go. All right. The Sting. The Sarnia Sting. One for one. Let's go. All right, let's go. All right. Number this two. This unbeaten streak is not going to last. Let's see. Um, we'll make this one a little bit harder for you, but we got a we got a very patriotic team in the Americans. They're very close. They're within an hour and a half of their uh, affiliate. Their affiliate, unfortunately, it's just like the Sharks. They can never fill enough seats in their arena. I'm going through everyone right now. Hmm. I'm going to have to just chuck out some cities, and I'm going to sound really stupid. Let's go. Hmm. Might have to be Lehigh Valley. Not you're very you're close. You're in the you're 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 Allentown? in the state. Well, that's where Lehigh Valley plays. That's the Flyers affiliate. That's not right. I gave you that last time. I can't give you that two years in that's a row. That's fine. Here's I'll give I'll give you the state. The state's New York. Tell me which city. Rochester. There you go. Really? The Sabres affiliate. That oh, was your go. hand. That's why I said they can't fill their arena. I was gonna say, fun fact. The Buffalo Bandits lacrosse team, I believe they've won a lacrosse championship or they've at least made it to the lacrosse playoffs. They were averaging more fans than the Sabres. Really? And that's a shame because bu- bu- I've been to Buffalo. Buffalo is a cool little city. You know, it's like that nice, like, gritty city. It's kind of like Pittsburgh, kind of like Cleveland. You know, it's like very blue collar, you know, very hardworking, very mm-hmm. friendly people. One thing everyone just wants, they just want their team to win. Well, I feel like the Sabres have a really good shot this year. I think the Sabres are going to make the playoffs. I think they started a little slow, but they've looked really good of late. And the one thing the Sabres have is they don't have that number one star like McDavid. And while you might say that, you know, that that's a step back, the Golden Knights didn't have a number one star, and that allowed people to kind of fly under the radar. I think that really helps them. Well, I also think it allows people to kind of step up and fill that role. Yep. Just if like there's no Alex, predetermined... Alex talk- Yep. Peyton Krebs. Those are the guys from Jack Eichel trade. You also got Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. He's electric. Owen Power, first overall pick in 22. Back there on on the blue line. And you got Rasmus Dahlin. You got a lot of firepower on that team. Fun to watch. And Jeff Skinner. All right. Back to the mascot. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give you a WHL. I knew it. You got to make it hard. Yep. Um... How well do you know your WHL teams? Um, I'd say I'm probably a lot, I'm probably close to a lot for OHL and WHL, but for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I, I might be a little 
iffy because right. some of those names are kind of hard to say. All right, I'm going to give you the team name. you got to give me the city. Okay. For the WHL, the Blazers. Ah, uh, the Kamloops. <laughs> I, I play. I played for a youth team called the Blazers. So it was like when I was little. I, I was curious, you know, are there any other pro- somewhat professional teams that are called the Blazers? And it's like, hey, there's the Kamloops Blazers. They got a cool logo. WHL, if you don't know, is just like the OHL. These are junior hockey leagues. They're feeders for the NHL. A lot of players will come up through juniors with the hopes of being drafted in the NHL. It's kind of an alt- not an alternate route to the NHL. I'd say it's more of a primary route to the NHL as opposed to college hockey just because it gives you a lot more exposure and hockey is the sport in Canada. While it is, I, w- I would argue that it's not the number one sport in the U.S. Unfortunately, we would all—I would love it if it is—but hockey is borderline, borderline religion up there in the north. And junior hockey is a great place to get scouted by scouts and make an NHL team and get a professional tryout. A lot of Anissa, a lot of players that are undrafted, you know, that make a name for themselves. There are a solid amount of undrafted players that make it to the NHL and do decently. They all play junior hockey. They don't play college hockey. So, NCA, if you're listening, stop your conference realignment. Stop your ridiculous, like, Pac-12 after dark, boring, ridiculous media deals, and maybe try to actually get some exposure for your players, or you'll lose that revenue, too. Okay, I will stop my rant. And here's your um, your third team. We'll make this a little bit uh, better for you. Or better by better, I mean worse. This uh, I'm, I'm such a mean guy. It's okay. This is um, this is a newer this is a newer team, but I I think when I tell you what their mascot is, you'll be able to guess the city. You'll know the state. This team is the Roadrunners. They're about five or six years old. They used to play. They play in the Pacific Division. Mm. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. A road run. You know what a Roadrunner is? Yeah, they're out. Yeah, um, Phoenix. Yeah, that's the affiliate. So if you've been to Arizona, you know your geography. Well, I what just watched a lot of Looney Tunes when I was younger. Looney, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Roadrunners, their first season were horrible. It literally looked like a Looney Tune cartoon every time they took the ice, and they had about five people in the arena. They're doing a lot better now. Any any guesses? On what? On the what city they're playing? Here's your hint. Um, I said Phoenix. Is that not? Is that well? Close? That's your affiliate. Yeah, oh, okay. it, it's an hour from um, Phoenix. Um, Tucson. Ba- yeah, Tucson. I was gonna say your hints bear down. They're fun to watch. Like I said, I'm not gonna talk college football on a hockey podcast, but you know, Wildcats sleeper team for the college football. Let's let's see what my next challenge is. All right, we are going to your very highly coveted. QMJH. Quebec Major Junior. I knew it. You have to. Yep. Um, you might get this outright. Armada. It's like Blaine Brosbin or something like that, right? You combine them. It's Blaineville, Boys Brand. Boys Brand. It's a French. Bo- I thought it was Boz Brand. Boz Brand. I don't know. I pronounce things phonetically. It's French. I'm not going to attempt it. Good job. You got it. The Armada. I like. I like the Armada. I'm trying to think of. There was one guy that that came from the Armada that was pretty good in the NHL. I forget. Um, forget who it was. All right, your um, fourth team. We'll make this a little more difficult because you seem to be doing pretty good, which I like. I like to see good improvement. I haven't um, even looked at them. <laughs> the rain. The rain. 
the name of that team might give you a hint as to their affiliate. R E I G N. Yep. The Rain. What um, division do the Zara Pacific? Well, they're, they're both. That's a that's a, I guess not trick question, but here's the thing: they play in the Pacific Division of the AHL, and their affiliate is also a Pacific Division. Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna say Portland. Portland. Portland Rain. That was a pretty good guess. I was. I'll give you. Uh, before I tell you what it is, I'll give you a hint for their NHL affiliate. We we've been talking about them a lot, and like I said, you know their the their Sharks, name. Their it? name is the Rain. The name of the minor league team is the Rain. So if if you know kind of like you know what Rain is, think of those NHL Pacific teams. There's one that sounds. Oh. Um, I'm gonna guess it's in California. Yep. Los Angeles. Yep, the Kings. Okay, I'm thinking Rain, like R A I N. Oh, I I'm sorry. It out. I, no, no, no. I know that you were saying Rain, as in like royalty Rain. Yeah. Now this city is not not a major. Well, it's a pretty big city. I mean, it's part of a region. So I I will. Um, is it? I'll give one more shot. Is it Escondido? No, but Escondido is pretty close. It's it's Ontario, but it's not. That's not too far from Escondido. I've been. I think. Well. I've been to California a few times. Ontario, Ontario isn't what what I think of when someone says California, but I thought you might have a good chance of getting it if you were able to recognize, you know, the rain, the Kings. I put it together. I saw in my head it was by the Kings, but that's a good one. I like to guess with Portland though. You would think that you know Portland doesn't have a team. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Portland. You're not going to get the next NHL team that's going to Salt Lake or Houston. Hopefully not Atlanta because you know. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But fool me three times, well, I don't know. Gary Bettman's a different animal, but I would hope that he doesn't get fooled three times. You know, the thra- the Thrashers and the Flames, you know, the Calgary Flames were originally the Atlanta Flames. Mm-hmm. They moved to Calgary. I'm happy because, you know, they're one of my favorite or teams. Or the Jets also. Yep, the Thrashers then moved to Winnipeg to become the Jets 2.0 because, you know, the original team moved from Winnipeg to phoenix in 1999 and if gary bettman wants to try his luck for third time the charm be my guest but you know you got ready markets in houston they're just dying for an nhl team i feel like salt lake they go crazy people don't really think about it but hockey's pretty big out in utah they got a decent number of junior teams out there i feel like salt lake you know they only have that one nba franchise which i think is hilarious the utah jazz literally the name that it's a, a team from new orleans that literally has nothing to do with the entire beehive state of utah it had no reference to the mountains or anything utah is kind of just itching you know for that new mlb or nhl team i feel like they're going to get it and then obviously they they could go back to quebec and i think they should go back to quebec before they go to atlanta because unfortunately atlanta right now feels like you know it's the land of georgia football go dogs Fancy shopping malls and, and traffic. Ho- hockey doesn't really do so well down there. I'm going to give you one more mascot before we go back to our topics because we are actually at 50 minutes right now, believe it or not. Wow. We've been having too much fun. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one more. This is going to be from the same um, league. It's going to be from the Quebec Major Junior League. Let's go the Wildcats. Oh, you might have gotten me. I, I got I gotta think for a second. The Wildcats. This might be wrong. Moncton. Yeah. 
You you just can't you just you just can't get yeah, me in these songs. I can't trick you up. I cannot trick Ma, you up. Ma, with these. I, I had to think for that. I w- I was trying to guess what you were gonna tell me. I thought you were gonna go with like Drummondville or something like that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna pronounce some of these, so I just will ignore them. Okay, well, at least you know you picked one that was that you know you could use kind of easy phonics skills for. Yep. All right, one more Silverman. Oh yeah, that's right. We got to do five. We'll make it. Fa- we'll make this one fast. Your last one is the Moose. Here's a hint. They share. They share the same arena as their NHL squad. They um. Their name. Their name for a province in Canada. So the Winnip. It, I uh, just gave it away. It's it's Winnipeg. Good. It's okay. I will study up on these. I went four for what's, five. What's Actually, my, three for five. All right, we'll give you four for five. What's my last one? And then we can get we can get on to the next thing. We've been having too much fun here, I folks. I was gonna say I gave you my. I think I gave you the last one. I lost count. I went for. I gave you yours first. All right. Um. Mm, Ramuski. Ramuski. Oh, the um. I'm trying to think. It's Cros- Crosby played there. I, I know it's like the. Uh, sh- it's like the Sharks or. I'm trying to think. You Come might. Come on, you're on the right track. You're literally on the right track. You might. You might have gotten me. This is probably one of the most popular ones. It's the, I'm trying to think, it's the, I want to say it's like the Oceanic, right? I'm going to pretend you didn't look that up on your computer. I actually didn't. I have ESPN up on my computer. <laughs> I, I literally, right. literally, I could prove it to you. It's okay. Is I it the Oceanic? It because is. I was going to say, I, I said Sharks because I'm, I, I know the logo, but I don't know. I, that's Sidney Crosby. He, he literally owns Ramuski. You almost got me there. We could say you got me there. No, That's it's fair. okay. You got five okay. for five, and I went three for five. So on this next little segment, Anissa, we're going to pick three teams. We're going to talk our contender, our bust, and our dark horse. I'll let you go first. You want to give me your three teams, and you got to justify them. Okay. Um, well, I think right now, really easy to lay blame on the Sharks as a bust. I don't think they were contenders at all. But... If we want to talk about teams that are just going to straight up flop this year, Sharks are really high in contention. We already just talked about they are not looking good. They have promise. They haven't been showing it. Um, I would say I think one of the teams that could make it that would be a bust, I might have to say the Rangers. Rangers have been looking up, but they always seem to get knocked out at the most inopportune times. So I'm going to say Rangers bust, Dark Horse, Canucks. I know you made a face. I think the Canucks, I know it's still early. Canucks do really good. And as much as I hate to see it, I think that the Vegas Golden Knights still, they're trending really good right now. And as much as I compare them to the Houston Astros, because I'm sick of hearing about them, the Golden Knights probably have the best chance to win the Stanley Cup again next year. I like your picks. Disclaimer out there for everyone, the Golden Knights did not bang on any trash cans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they may they, they they may have um swayed those slot machines in their favors. Did you see that when they hung their Stanley Cup banner? You know, Mark Stone he magically got seven 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 lucky sevens. You know, on the slot machine. I did as he see was, that. I thought that was pretty funny, but All once right. again, could be a double repeat for the Golden Knights. We'll see. So go ahead. I'll start yours. off with my cup contender. Vegas would be too easy, so I'm not going to pick them. So this team I had is a dark horse. I, I had gone back and forth, but I, I think they've kind of outproved themselves of being a cup uh, of being dark horse, and that's that's Vancouver. Yeah. I, I the Canucks. Congrats. I'm I'm 
Are you bought into the Canuck experience I, right now? I am all Canucked up, if that makes any sense, okay? I am all in. Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser. Brock, I mean, Brock, it's great. You you literally own stake in the city of Edmonton, including Connor McDavid's head. You live there rent-free. Con- Brock Besser, in three in three games against the Oilers this year in Nisa, six goals. He owns them. He owns them. Yep. You know, this, soon, uh, soon the Oilers are going to be paying him rent to live there. Who knows? But Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, Thatcher Demko and goal. There's just too many names there. Everyone was saying, oh, the Canucks are done. The Sedins are gone. Yada, yada, yada. You know, the Canucks will never fill up Rogers Arena. And their owner is ridiculous, which they're right about that. After the whole Bruce Boudreaux saga from last year and the Canucks were really bad last year but vancouver i think you guys have turned it around and i think you guys are gonna go far my dark horse and this is um i don't really know if you can call them a dark horse but this is a team that you know we, we talked about and some people are in some people are out it, it's the kings the kings were my dark horse last year i just think the kings are gonna get a lot further this year just because the kings always seem to play the golden knights pretty close even though they never win but they play them close so it's it's kind of an only you know time will tell sort of thing of who wins that game the kings have just the kings haven't gotten blown out in any game most of their losses have been by two or fewer goals one thing the kings struggled with last year was one goal games this year they've done a little bit better. I think the Kings are sleeper. It's hard to call them a sleeper, but they're my sleeper. And the Boston, I'm sorry, you know, all three of my, I like the Pacific Division, I'll admit it, but the bus is Edmonton. I think um, that's very clear right now as well. Literally, Edmonton management, Jay Woodcroft, I'm trying to remember the um, general manager, Ken Holland. Ken Holland. Ken, if you're listening to me, what else do I have to do? Do I have to like buy you a filet mignon steak dinner to win a game? You have you have two generational talents. You've had six now top five draft picks in the last ten or twelve years, and you still have gotten to the Western Conference Final one time. I will say that Drysaddle and McDavid's contracts are going to be up soon. I think both of them are going to walk. Oh, they are, and then Edmund, Edmonton's going to become the new San Jose. And Leon Dreisaitl is going to be a Florida Panther. I think I think Leon Dreisaitl is <laughs> going to be a, a Los Angeles King, but I can't. I Leon Dreisaitl, you are a New Jersey Devil. That was the other one I kind of thought, but we also have to think about you know teams that have money to throw around, which unfortunately aren't the Lightning. With their their two dollars aren't going to get them very $2, far. In fact, yep. two two dollars here, you know the the conversion rate I think these days between dining dollars here at WVU Mountie Bounty and the two dollars in the Lightning's cap, I think that would get them about two ketchup packets, half a napkin, and maybe three stale fries at the Chick Fil A in the Mountain Lair. Two dollars at the Mountain Lair wouldn't even buy me a Diet Coke today. So. Exactly, exactly. So the light the Lightning that they have. They have no money, and with inflation, you know, that they'll start losing money. They're not really good at Monopoly. It's like, you you know, like, they're lightning kind of like, you know, the Monopoly player that wait, you know, they bought all the properties in the beginning, but they didn't buy, they couldn't buy Boardwalk. They landed on Boardwalk. Someone had a hotel. They lost all their money. They're mortgaging all their assets, and, you know, the electricity's kind of gone. We'll see. Lightning, I hope you prove me wrong because I like the lightning before you went on your run, and I still think you'll make the playoffs because John Cooper is – Really great coach, but I, I'm not feeling it for the Lightning. And the Oilers, I mean, it, I, I think it's over, guys. You know, 
At least you could chalk up four wins against the Sharks. But other than that, other than that, I, I think you guys should just um, you know what they say. There's always there's always next year, except not for McDavid and Drysaddle. There's not. Well, Alex, this hour flew by. We had so much stuff to talk about. Next week might be a little bit more eventful. Maybe we might have to see who's the winner of the Super Bowl between the Sharks and the Oilers on Thursday. Definitely going to have to recap that. Um, I will have my opinions on that one as well. But any last words before we sign off on the second episode of Checked Out? For the Super Bowl and these uh... – I was going to ask you for your over-under, but there's a, ca- there's a catch with this betting line that uh, casinos in Vegas aren't going to lie. The rule for this over-under is are we going over or under six goals allowed per team? Not total, six goals allowed per team. Here's the, ne- here's the, and here's the, here's the next other rule, okay, on one goalie because here's the thing. I'm sorry, the, the Oilers and the Sharks, neither of them actually have a number one goalie. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, when they flip goalies halfway through their beatdowns, you know, which are on the wrong side of it, you know, that doesn't count. So what, 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 do, you, what do you think? I think it's going to be over six goals per team. So you're saying we're going to have like an eight, nine game or something? It's going to be like touch. It's going to be like football numbers. It's going to be uh, football I agree numbers. with you, and then it's going to be one nothing in the shootout, and I'm going to be like, whatever, okay, congrats, San Jose. You beat a team. You and beat the Connor, Oilers. Exactly. You beat the 2023 Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> you did. It. Connor McDavid is going to be giving you that, that nice little sarcastic clap and get it, telling his agent, snaps. you know, get Boston, get New York, get LA, get him on the phone, get me out of here. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are going to the Devils. Book it. Whatever year. They'll be winning a cup. This, with this New would be a great topic for next episode. I'll just leave it at this because we've gone pretty long this episode, and it's been an absolute blast talking with you and Nisa for the last hour. Devils, do you guys have any money? I know, like you're not like the lightning broke, but it's like you have Hughes, you have Timo Meyer, you you have um, Tyler Toffoli, you have Jesper Bratt. I mean, you and um, <clears throat> you don't have Damian Savers. That was great. I will but make still. this. I will make this quick. All right, because I have a Devils game to watch because it's ten o'clock. Um. They got all those guys early in their careers. So they locked them up for multiple years on low um, salary contracts. So that's all I'm going to say. Signing off on the second episode of Checked Out. Be sure to check us out on all platforms. I might make a Twitter for us to promote it. Not sure yet. But have a great rest of your night. And I hope that your team wins.